Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the premier Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by Sam Renshin and James West. On today's show, we discuss Cam Newton. He signed a one-year incentive lace deal with the New England Patriots. Fellas, I think this is a high-reward, low-risk signing. James, I want to start with you tonight. What was your first reaction when you heard Sunday night's news? Oh, man. My first reaction was, finally, we have some NFL news about a team and a player that isn't related to coronavirus. I think that in itself is a win. Kind of going into that, I think my second reaction was more of questioning the fit that Cam Newton is with the Patriots. But that aside, it's still an exciting signing. And I'll maybe actually watch a Patriots game this season. I don't know, Sam, what do you think? I think the first thing that went through my head was frustration. How do we let this happen? The Patriots get one of the, a former MVP, someone who went, brought the Panthers to the Super Bowl, someone who is dynamic enough to, get, to change the whole landscape of that team. Classic Belichick, somehow figuring out how to get him on the team without having to really pay that much for him. And if I am a Bears fan or if I'm a Jaguars fan or if I'm one of them, I'm even more frustrated. Because how can you not let one of the best quarterbacks who has played in recent years, one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the league, sit on the uh, offseason, sit out there without being signed, and not give him a deal? I love this move for the Patriots. I was listening to Adam Schefter's podcast. All three of their quarterbacks on their roster, so Cam Newton, second-year quarterback Jarrett Stidham, and veteran Brian Hoyer, if you just take their base salaries, they're making less money than some team's backups. So you get Cam Newton on a one-year incentive-based deal that could be worth up to $7.5 million. He's only 31 years old, a guy who's battled injuries. But if you can get him right, think about it this way, right? Newton had one offer, and that is from New England. Cleveland Browns called him, but other than that, he had no other opportunity. So you talk about from a player standpoint, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder to prove himself. And Sam, you're exactly right about this shifting the balance in the AFC East. The Patriots and the Bills are now co-favorites to win that division, a division the Patriots have won in 11 consecutive years under the direction of Tom Brady. Absolutely. I mean, I think that he is one of those players that can mask other weaknesses on your team, such as their skill players. We know that Tom Brady had struggled a little bit last year because he didn't have as much help. Now you can kind of rely on Cam. I think we need to tamper expectations a little bit. We can't ask him to be the same player he was back with Panthers after going through all those injuries. He probably shouldn't have to, shouldn't be running the ball nearly as much. You know, if you look at all of his, a lot of his highlights, a lot of them are from running the football. I don't think we can ask him to do that. However, I will say I think they are my favorite to win the AFC East this year because they've been doing it for years, and I don't see any other team, you know, until someone can beat them, then they're still the favorite to me. To your point, Sam, sure, he can cover up and mask a lot of those deficiencies that a team might have, but New England doesn't have a deep threat. They don't have a proven tight end. That offense is built for Brady. You can maintain a 10-play drive and won't have any turnovers. Cam fumbles the ball. Cam throws picks. He's incredibly explosive, but he just doesn't have that consistency that a Brady would have. He can't string together those 10-play drives like Brady could, and he doesn't have those home run opportunities that make him the explosive player that he was for the Panthers. That team was built around him. He was the number one pick. 
and the cornerstone of that team. James, I think you bring up a great point as to why Brady might have left New England because you've got Edelman, and then it's like, who else do the Patriots have from an offensive standpoint? With Newton, though, what did he really have on the Carolina Panthers? I wrote down the names of five skill position players who he had, some better than others. So obviously Christian McCaffrey, one of the best players in all of the NFL, but he had the tail end of Steve Smith's career. He had Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, and Greg Olson, who's injured off and on. It's not like we're going to be telling our kids and grandkids one day, we're going to be bouncing them up, up and down on our knee, telling them about how great of a receiver Devin Funches was when it's all said and done. And so this was a guy in Cam Newton who just a few years ago took the Panthers to the Super Bowl, won the MVP, and we've seen when he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, but if he can stay upright, he's effective as any quarterback in the league. I think New England's getting a high talented, high ceiling player for a pretty low price here. And on a one-year deal, even if he doesn't have it, then maybe you go to Jarrett Stidham, who's only entering his second season. So I love this, this move for New England. And it just seems that Newton slipped through the cracks for virtually every other team. But again, the Patriots were the only team to actually make an offer to sign Newton. And hats off to them to be able to do that because I definitely think it improves their team headed into the 2020 season. And I mean, I think, like you said, I think we're all pretty consensus that a no-lose situation here for the Patriots. And I'm just really shocked that no other team has really taken a chance on him. And like I said, another truck this up was another L for the Bears because they could have got him really cheap and probably would have done a lot for them. I honestly, Sam, I disagree with that. I think when you look, you know, one of the reasons why I think Cam Newton had very few offers this year was because of COVID-19. People couldn't get out to scout him. And then you also look at the Bears. Did the Bears all of a sudden be like, oh, no, like we, we should have waited a week and signed Cam Newton? No, like no, they track. were aware that he, was gonna, that he was a possibility. And if they really wanted Cam Newton, they would have waited for him and gotten him. But here's the thing. Cam Newton is coming off of back-to-back seasons where he had major injuries, a shoulder injury, and then a foot injury that both impacted his throwing. Plus, he's taken a ton of hits. And then the last thing is, is the Bears, if Cam Newton doesn't pan out and they go out and get him, the Bears, once again, will strike out again on another player. No, let's and, hear that. And they're, not, and they're not willing to take that risk on a risk. We player. just established there's no you risk. You don't know what you're going to get with them. There's no risk, though. Who's Jeez. better with healthy, Cam Newton, Mitch Trubisky, or Nick Foles? Is he going to be healthy? That's the question. You don't know if he's going to be healthy. James brings up a great point in that the NFL prohibited teams from hosting in-person physicals this offseason because of the pandemic. And so that was probably a large reason why there wasn't a whole lot of interest in Newton to this point in time. That being said, if you look at the trade that the Bears made for Nick Foles, where you've got him on a three-year deal worth $24 million, that's still a pretty good value at $8 million per season. And that might seem like a lot, but when you look at the median salary for an average starting quarterback in the NFL, it's north of $20 million per season, fellas. So you're talking about all of these players in the offseason, and Jameis Winston to the Saints is one of them, and now Newton to the Patriots, Foles to the Bears. You're getting these quarterbacks on actually – pretty good terms in the sense that you're getting pretty good value on acquiring a new quarterback and seeing what he can do for your roster. That being said, with an incentive-based deal with Newton, he's betting on himself for this one season in New England, whereas Foles with that three-year deal with the Bears, 
you're kind of stuck with him for better or for worse. And then with Trubisky, obviously you have him for at least another season under his rookie contract as well. And so I just like it from a New England standpoint, because if it doesn't pan out, again, you can go to Stidham, who's entering his second season. And if the wheels really bottom out in New England, you can then draft another quarterback next offseason. So I, this is why I love this new move for New England, because if Newton does well, great. New England keeps it rolling. If not, you, can, you at least have another option for a guy who's performed a very high level in this league. Let's go really quickly to how this move impacts odds this upcoming season. So Newton is now the second favorite to win NFL comeback player of the year, just behind Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Remember Roethlisberger coming off an elbow injury in his throwing arm as well. The Patriots Super Bowl odds went from 28 to one to 25 to one. Their conference odds were unchanged at 12 to one, but again, they're now co-favorites in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills too. Cam Newton's MVP odds also went from 101 to 40 to one as well. I do want to say this about the Patriots over under win total as well. Initially this offseason, it started at eight and a half. Before the trade, it bumped up to nine and a half. Now this trade hasn't impacted that win total at all, but again, the Patriots are now co-favorites to win the division with the Bills ahead of the start of the season. James, we'll go to you. Yeah, I mean, I think this immediately turned the post Brady Belichick era Patriots um, into a eight or nine win team. I think without Cam, they would have been about a five win team. And when I think about this move, it is temporary. It's, it's a one year contract for Cam. And I personally think that it's going to be a, a one year stop for Cam on his way to a larger contract. But hypothetically speaking, even if it were permanent, I think it still leaves New England and their division with an aging quarterback. And not to mention, I think that this deal also conveniently covers up that the Patriots yet again got caught for filming another team, the Bengals. It covered up the fact that they got fined $1.1 million and lost a third-round draft pick for filming the Bengals' practices. I mean, if there's one thing the Patriots shouldn't get caught doing anymore, it's filming other teams. James, we think that this might have been in the works for quite some time, but now since there's negative press this came out about the Patriots yet again cheating. They're like now. Yeah, this is this is undoubtedly time. been in the works for a while. I forget who reported it, but they said that the Patriots have been in conversations with Cam Newton's people for a while now. So Tom Brady leaving New England, James, that's actually a pretty good segue. Kind of he was the linchpin that really set off the quarterback carousel this offseason. Of any of the quarterbacks that have new teams this offseason, Sam, let's go to you. Which player and which fit with the new team do you like best of all the different moves this offseason? I'm going to skip over Tom Brady because I feel like that's the obvious answer. But I have a few other guys that are on my radar that I think could have big years and are in good situations. So one, I think Phillip Rivers going to the, the Colts. They're a, more of a defensive team. They play stout defense. They like to run the football with Marlon Mack and just drafted Jonathan Taylor. And they had Naheem Hines will come out and catch balls out of the backfield, kind of like what Phillip Rivers, how he used Austin Eckler last year. I also think that they have a strong number one option in T.Y. Hilton. And when healthy, they have Jack Doyle as well, with a few young receivers in the mix like Michael Pittman Jr. I think the big reason is because they're not going to ask Phillip Rivers to do too much. He, and he's in a win-now situation that he, where he can go in, 
and as a veteran can use experience and have success there. Secondly, I'm gonna go with Jameis Winston. Now, I don't think he's gonna be on the field there very much this year, but however, I like him to bounce back after kind of being you know, let go of obviously in, in Tampa Bay, after having 33 touchdowns and then 30 interceptions, I believe this year, hard to do. But I think he's gonna be able to learn under Drew Brees and have opportunity to learn, earn the starting job that next year. And one thing is he's going to be in, the, in the, that division against his old team, and he's going to have come out with a chip on his shoulder that w- could, you know, help him on as, you know, he's on a one-year deal, I think eventually could earn an, another deal after that. Can I just say the entire NFC South? I mean, that's what I'm excited to watch. I think any division where you can say that Teddy Bridgewater is your worst starting QB is worth to watch for the highlights. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers needed a complete facelift of their franchise. You're talking about a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs since 2007. And you're coming off the Jameis Winston era where there was just a lot of immaturity, whether that was on the field or off the field. So on the field, if you want to talk about his 30-30 season, fumbles were also a problem as well. You're talking about a quarterback that put his defense in a position to where they had the worst starting field position from a defensive standpoint in the entire league. So Brady will help with that, even if he just simply doesn't turn the ball over. You're also talking about Winston, where off the field, he had that three-game suspension in 2018 for allegations that he groped an Uber driver. You had all of his off-the-field shenanigans from Florida State coming into his play as an NFL player with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And... You have the E to W pregame speech. This was a guy who just really, really struggled. And it, it really starts from the top of the organization on down. And when the Buccaneers general manager just a few years ago goes on hard knocks in 2017 and says that Jameis Winston's the best leader he's been around in anything, period. Go back and watch this. It, it's real. Buccaneers needed someone that could completely provide a facelift for their franchise. And they get that in a guy in Tom Brady even if it's just for a season or two. Now, I think Winston going to the Saints is a tremendous value, a $1.1 million deal, so he's betting on himself, but he's backing up Drew Brees, who missed five games last season with that, I believe it was a thumb injury, and then the year before that, he played in 15 games, so there could be the opportunity that he gets some playing time in New Orleans and could potentially resurrect his career because, remember, Winston's still a young player. He was drafted in 2015, so he still has – he's shown flashes here and there. That could potentially be a good fit to where he can learn under Drew Brees and he can learn from head coach Sean Payton for the New Orleans Saints. I think one guy who's really going to struggle is Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. You're talking about Matt Rule, a first-year NFL head coach coming from Baylor, and then Joe Brady. He was the mastermind behind LSU's high-powered offense with Joe Burrow a season ago. But you're talking about a complete facelift of this Carolina Panthers franchise. Obviously, Newton's gone. Tight end Greg Olson is gone. Linebacker Luke Keekley, who is a face of that franchise from a defensive standpoint, abruptly retired. And so you're talking about massive, massive turnover in Carolina. That's one fit with Teddy Bridgewater, where I just think that they have too much of a turnover for him to have much success in his first year in Carolina. Yeah, I think going off that, though, it's great to see Teddy Bridgewater finally get that chance because we know, you know he's been able to step in with Minnesota, step in with the Saints, and have success. Granted, those might be some better situations because it was under more of a stable coaching staff. 
But I think it's going to be fun to see Teddy Bridgewater actually see if, you know, he can earn that starting job or if it's more of just a stopgap until they end up drafting somebody else. I hate to say this too as a Bears fan, Nick Foles to the Bears. Really before the start of the 2019 season, the notion with most Bears fans was let's fix the kicker problem, let's get rid of Cody Parkey, and we'll be ready to roll, win the division again, and make a deep postseason run. That didn't happen last season, and it was largely due to quarterback play. Mitch Trubisky really struggled. He did have a shoulder injury in his non-throwing shoulder that he played through throughout the season, but it wasn't just quarterback play with the Bears. The offensive line was abysmal at times. The Bears couldn't get their running game going either. So as much as Trubisky struggled last season, the Bears overall, from an offensive standpoint, it really wouldn't have mattered who you put back there, just considering the struggles of their running game and the offensive line too. Nick Foles, a guy who's, again, shown flashes, but can he do it for a full season? Can he stay healthy? Can he be the guy? Those are questions that I have. And just trying to get a quick fix. I understand that maybe a quarterback competition with Trubisky will bring out the best in both guys, and maybe you can get higher quality play from one of them. But I just don't see a quick fix with the Bears in terms of just trying to throw in a different guy at quarterback, and that's going to fix all of the team's offensive problems. Now, Mark, who would you rather have as a Bears fan to win that starting job? They bring in Nick Foles on the contract and free agency, but they invested a second overall pick in Ms. Kravinsky. Wouldn't you rather have Trubisky win that job so he could end up maybe bounce back from this couple-year slump and really be the guy they drafted him to be? And remember, they traded up for that pick. They had the third overall pick, and they traded an additional draft pick to get Trubisky, and that was the same draft where you've got Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Now, right. knowing what we know now, hindsight's twenty twenty. Patrick right. Mahomes I can get passing up because entering the draft, here's this talented guy out of Texas Tech, but you didn't really know what you had. He didn't have much success in terms of wins and losses at Texas Tech. He had the physical tools, certainly. And remember, he didn't start right away in Kansas City either. Alex Smith started for his rookie year. It's not like Mahomes came in right away and lit up the league. He sat for his first year, at least for most of it, under Alex Smith. Now, not deciding to take Deshaun Watson when, when Watson was coming out of college. His head coach out of Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, told people, that he thought Watson was the Michael Jordan of football. Now, why does a coach do this? A lot of times leading up to the draft, college coaches are going to hype up their prospects because it helps them with recruiting. It can be, hey, see this guy who's won a national championship? See this guy who's a first-round pick? You can be that way if you sign with my team, if you sign with Clemson. That being said, if you're saying he's the Michael Jordan of football, you might want to take him. And you see what Watson's done for the Houston Texans. I sincerely believe that Watson is going to continue to help Bill O'Brien stay employed in Houston. And to me, it's still a head scratch for why the Bears didn't take Watson over Trubisky. It's something I'll never really understand. It's something that's going to tie back to that franchise for quite a while if Trubisky doesn't turn out. And not just Trubisky, but here's the thing, Sam, is if you're paying Foles $8 million a year, Trubisky at least is on a rookie contract, and I think that this is something that's really important. Back in the day growing up, when you rooted for the Rams in St. Louis, Sam Bradford was really the last guy to wear that rookie pay scale. There was no cap. And when the Rams made that pick with Bradford, he kept getting hurt year after year. He struggled to stay healthy, and he, he struggled at times. 
And that really, really set the franchise back because you were paying him at a much higher scale to the, what you have to pay a rookie quarterback now. Look at a lot of the teams that have success in the league in that they build around their young quarterbacks who are on their rookie contracts. They stack the roster and then they pay their quarterbacks. So who am I talking about here? Baltimore's doing it with Lamar Jackson. The Chiefs are doing it right now with Patrick Mahomes. Seattle Seahawks did it with Russell Wilson. The list goes on and on. And so that's the idea when you draft a guy like Watson, Mahomes, Trubisky, you hope that they pan out and you can really stack the team around them before a quarterback cashes in and gets paid what his market value is. Once he enters free agency after his rookie deal. Sam, one other deal we mentioned, obviously Brady to the Buccaneers is an obvious choice, but I really like the Raiders acquisition of Marcus Mariota. I think potentially he could do what Ryan Tannehill did a year ago for the Titans, ironically, which was Mariota's team. The Raiders have a young running back named Josh Jacobs, who's going to be one of the best in the league. And I think he could contend for the rushing title in 2020. If Derek Carr struggles at all in Las Vegas now, and it's weird to say that out loud, the Las Vegas Mm -hmm. Raiders, I think Mariota could step in and potentially resurrect his career a lot like Tannehill supplanted him as the starter in Tennessee a season ago. You know, I, I think that's a good point. Um, obviously, I, I really do like Marcus Mariota as a leader and as a, as a player. And he kind of he drew me to the Titans franchise as, as a fan after the Rams left. But honestly, I, I'm going to go with a different route here. I kind of like Derek Carr still to be the starter throughout the season. I think that he's just had some unfortunate luck, and I don't know. I just don't think that Marcus Mariota has the talent to beat him out at this point. He just hasn't looked like himself the past year. As we begin to wrap up here on Stuck in Misery, really the only other elephant that's out there right now that I think that would really shake up the NFL in this offseason would be Antonio Brown. And you've seen some rumblings that he might join Brady again, reunite. Remember, they played for a game in New England. And Bruce Arians has said he wants no part in Antonio Brown initially. And it looks like the, the Bucks have plenty of offensive weapons, but that rumor's still out there. And you've seen some of the workout videos. He has apologized. AB, I saw one workout video where he was working out with Deion Sanders. And I think that possibility is out there. If this guy's healthy and not a distraction and can keep his nose clean, I think he'd be a real difference maker for a team, potentially, possibly the Buccaneers. Anywhere else you guys think where he could wind up? What do you guys think about AB? Honestly, I think that he would be a really good fit in Seattle. Pete Carroll is one of the ultimate culture coaches in the NFL. He allows and encourages players to be themselves. Like you said, I think AB has his issues. I think that he has taken – all the steps that he can possibly take to rebound and make a comeback to the NFL. And arguably you can get one of the best wide receivers in the game for no draft picks, probably very little guaranteed money, which are the two things that the Raiders in new England gave up to get him. And finally with Seattle, you, you have to keep up with San Francisco who has one of the best young cores in the NFL and everyone else in the NFC West is, is just trying to make moves to keep up with them. And when you look at the news and you hear that San Francisco is also expressing interest in, in the jet safety, Jamal Adams, I would say it's time for Seattle to punch back with a big move or they'll be crossing their fingers hoping for a wild card every single year. 
I like him as going to the Ravens for all those very similar reasons. They need a bona fide number one receiver. They already came out this year saying that they don't want Lamar Jackson to run the ball nearly as much as he has last year. Not saying he's still going to be that dynamic dual threat, which makes him one of the best QBs, if not, you know, and the MB won him the MVP last season. But I think that they already have a great locker room coach. They already have enough cohesion in that locker room that if he goes there, they can kind of hopefully keep Antonio Brown under wraps. And can you imagine having Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson in the backfield, and then throw out their Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, and then A.B.? I mean, that's scary. And you talk about how the Seahawks need to keep up with the 49ers. The Ravens are surely thinking, hey, we need to keep up with the Chiefs, right? We need to keep up with the Chiefs. So we'll see. There's a commonality between all three teams we just mentioned. All three teams we mentioned, so the Buccaneers with Bruce Arians, the Ravens with John Harbaugh, Seahawks with Pete Carroll, all three veteran coaches that would be able to handle a personality like Antonio Brown. And if not, they're back to square one. You can just cut them. Sure, Mark. But uh, to that point, too, the Steelers, Raiders, and Patriots all had veteran coaches, too, and weren't quite able to handle the personality. Yeah, no doubt. Jake Cutler. He's been trying to, uh, on his Instagram in Nashville, there's been some sort of like animal that's been killing his chickens on his farm. And it's like yeah. the best Instagram content you've ever seen in your life. It's, it's amazing. So he's like set up these thermal night vision cameras to figure out what's going on. And like, that's been what he's been up to I during the Gabe, quarantine. Man. Went from getting divorced to figuring out who's killing his chickens, man. Yeah. Just living life. Just living life. I think she said that he was unmotivated. I don't know. He seems pretty motivated to find who's killing his chickens right now. That's, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say on that. Next topic. As we start to wrap up today's show, Sam, I wanted to ask you about, you got some sort of delivery service that, to, what, are, what are these cooking programs where they'll you okay, know, send okay. you, hang on, hang on, hang on. They'll send you, you know, the ingredients, but they didn't send the instructions. What happened here? So you go online, you know, I don't know. I'm sure some of you have tried like HelloFresh or like Blue Apron or something like that in the past. Well, I figured, you know, I'd try a new one out. And so I logged on about two weeks ago to, you know, pick out my recipes and stuff. And I kind of forgot that I had this one coming today. So when it showed up on my front door, I was pumped up. I was like, what do I have? So sure enough, I open it up, you know, I'm pulling out the chicken, I'm pulling out like the, you know, the pastas and all the beef and stuff that they're giving me. And I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see what I'm going to make. Sure enough, there's no instructions. Like, how am I supposed to know what to do with all these? So then I had to go back online and like, you know, kind of had to figure out my password. And sure enough, I found the recipes online. But you know, during that time, I was like, what the hell is going on? What did you order? You said you had pasta and beef. What? So you, you go online, you pick out your three different ones you want for that week. I think I picked out a chicken pasta of some sort, some like beef, steak, tacos, and then some sort of like teriyaki noodles or something like that. A little so. soft shell, a little pad thai. Yeah, yeah, a little pad thai action. So, At what point did you realize where it's like, there are no instructions. Like, were you like well, I, looking I through had, the cardboard box? What, what was this process like? I, I had every single uh, ingredient out of the box and I was even looking under the ice that would stay stored. In. <laughs> 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 What's going on here? 
Yeah. So. so were you able to get anyone on the phone to be able to call the company and just being like, oh, hey, I what's going on email, here? But they haven't responded yet. So Oh man. Well they hopefully they send you a reimbursement or credit for a future order. I mean yeah, you Sam, know, I'll be able Sammy to Football's gotta get his food. He's gotta get his yeah. nourishment and just expect for men to know how to do that, just to know how to just put everything together. Like oh. we need lists, we need instructions, we need <laughs> measurements, we need all that. I'll be able to whip something up. Cooking with Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a throwback, huh, James? <laughs> so also, I want to give a big shout out to my Liverpool boys. They won the league after 30 long years, well-deserved, and I'm sure you're going to celebrate accordingly. Enjoy that Premier League title with your massive coronavirus asterisk by your name indefinitely. False champions. All right, fellas, this was fun. Any last thoughts? Yeah, Mark. I mean, it was great seeing you this weekend. We uh, both happened to be down at the Lake of the Ozarks on different bachelor parties and ended up at the same place. So, hey, you know, Mark, it doesn't happen more often. It doesn't happen enough. So it's good to see you. Great weekend out on the water. And we'll be sharing a few pictures from that. You got to do it for the pod. It was great to see you in the flesh and not just on Zoom or FaceTime and everything. James, hey. I'm going to be seeing you this upcoming weekend for the 4th of July. You'll be down in Florida with your family. Yeah, excited. We'll be recording together on location, so that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stuck in Misery and, uh, and let us know. What do you think the Patriots' record is going to be this season? And are they going to make the playoffs? Mark, so who is the – we don't know who the guy was who just randomly commented on our uh, – No, no, no clue. Awesome, Actually, let's uh, – let's let me pull that up. I'll read his review and thank the <laughs> listeners. I'll include this in at the end. So the Drummer Boy 2012 left us a five-star review and said, fun podcast to listen to, was a great find, highly recommend. So shout out to the Drummer Boy 2012 for that review. I do see – a mailbag in this podcast's future. And that's something we'll put out on social media. If you have questions for us, it can be life advice related. It can be sports related. If you have questions for us, we love interacting with you. So again, we'll leave our social media information in the show notes as well. Also, if you'd like to become a presenting sponsor of Stuck in Misery, please send an email to stuckinmiserypodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Stuck in Misery where you get your podcasts. So guys, we're on Apple Podcasts now. We're on Spotify. Just got added to Google Play as well. So we're moving up in the world. Yeah, I ran into uh, another fan of the show this weekend down at the Ozarks and was very complimentary as well. So if you have any suggestions of what you want us to talk about, feel free to reach out. We'll get to uh, what the people want. For Sam Renchen and James West, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe. Take care. So long, everyone, and we'll see you next time.